0: Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast, with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Templates and checklists are just the start. Our community includes all of the best-selling books on managed services in all available formats. Plus... Free training, members-only programs, and the best business training available to manage service providers anywhere. Plus, we have weekly live members-only Zoom calls. The average member saves more than 200% of their membership cost each year. We are totally dedicated to your success. Just because you're in business for yourself doesn't mean you have to go it alone. Join us today at smallbizthoughts.org. Welcome to another s and Community Podcast. This is Carl, and I'm joined today by a long, 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 long time friend, Bob Coppage. So Bob wrote a book a couple of years ago, and I've been trying, I've been chasing him down to do this interview. And the reason that I'm so interested in this is that it's a topic I dearly love. Like we could literally do a three-hour show on this topic. Uh, so Bob, why don't you give us a little of your background and kind of how you got where you are, and then we'll get into the book.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm managed service provider, MSP, Simplex IT. Uh, and But I came to it through the more of the management route or the IT management route. So I uh, got my first IT job back in 78, I think it was, 77 thereabouts. And But I've been IT director, I've been CIO, I've been consultant, all that kind of fun stuff. And then went with the MSP game. Uh, back in two thousand seven, and have been at it since. So, it's a little bit of a different perspective because of a lot of other people in our industry, as you know, uh, did the they were the break fix guys and gals, and right. they they went from the technician straight to CEO, which is a huge mind shift.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So, in in the book is the MSP survival guide to co-managed IT services, which I bought when it first came out and and read it then. And then I've, I've, since I've looked through the notes. So let's start at the beginning. What do you mean by co-managed IT services?
1: And I know this is gonna come as a shock that a lot of my answers are gonna be smart aleck answers. All right, bring it on. Who cares? (laughs) <laughs> who, cares, who cares what you mean? <laughs> no, and, and and what I mean by that is is that this is one of those terms. It's like when somebody says cloud, or when somebody says virtual, or when somebody says work from anywhere, or, or whatever. The they are somewhat ill defined or multiply defined terms. And co managed is one of them. I, at at its core is there's a relationship between the managed service provider in a traditional sense, which also is not terribly well or consistently defined. Right and a client organization that still retains some form of professional IT staffing. And the interesting thing is, is from a stereotypical standpoint, our industry, the managed service industry, was built on the idea of, let's replace them. We can do it better, faster, stronger, cheaper uh, than the internal IT person can. And to a certain degree, I think up to about three years ago, or right, to, right prior to the pandemic, I would have said that about as many companies that were going to completely outsource their IT had done. So with some, with some exceptions, but by and large, the pandemic changed that of course, because a lot of companies had to redefine who they were, what they were doing and all that kind of fun stuff.
0: Also what constitutes in-house like nobody's
1: nobody's at the office. So what the hell's in-house Yeah, or or what even constitutes house?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, so I can tell you, from my perspective, the reason that I love this topic, I, this is the first time, and you've, I haven't told you this, this is the first time I've read a book I wish I'd written. I wish
1: you'd have written it too. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so when I moved, I, I started consulting by having one client at a time, or I went to a place, HP or whoever, and I worked 40 hours a week. And, uh, and then... Gradually, I, I got a job where I said, hey, let me go to four, four days a week and then three and then two. And I took other jobs. And all of my original clients were companies that had in-house IT. And I basically built myself as if you can't solve a problem, call me. I got all the certifications and I can figure it out. And so it was, I guess, painless for me to have what you call co-managed IT mm-hmm. because you know, they'd they be like, hey, uh, I either don't have the time or I don't have the skills to make all these printers work at the same time. So do it um, or, you know, fix the cues or whatever. That part was very comfortable. Later in my career, I had many situations, which I think you've had and and many other IT professionals have had where somebody calls you in. But then there's like this jealousy. Are you trying to take my job? Uh, there's somebody who doesn't really want you there, but they have to uh, organize your work and <laughs> sign, sign your contract and so forth and so on. So how do you make sure that you've got a good relationship when you're in a co-managed uh, IT situation?
1: You're hitting it on the head. One of the biggest challenges, because by definition, we're brought in because they can't do it. Or don't want to do it. Or don't, yeah, they
0: don't want to do it. Whatever. it could be
1: anything. Um, And we have to be careful as well as all of the press and all of the momentum that has been built up in our industry saying that we're better than they are anyway. So there's really nothing out in the cloud or out in the air that says, oh, we're going to be great friends. (laughs) You have to build that from from the get-go. And because it absolutely is a problem. And and here's the thing: you also have to recognize when it ain't gonna get fixed. Walk away. <laughs> and, and there's been instances where we've uh, we've absolutely had a had a company that was we want you come on in. We want to get an agreement. We want to do this. We wanted to, but we could just tell that there was no way on God's green earth that this that the internal IT people were going to accept us as anything other than adversaries.
0: Well, it's interesting because there are in-house IT people who are spectacularly qualified mm-hmm. and they just, they just need somebody to come in and put in some hours and get some work done. Yep. At the other end, there are people who are spectacularly unqualified and if they can unbox a printer and set it on a desk without breaking it, it's a miracle, right? And, and so somewhere in the middle <laughs> is the big mass of-, of I'll, the- give,
1: I'll give you a third one. <laughs> there are some who are qualified in spite of themselves <laughs> because they've put together this Rube Goldberg contraption. Oh, that's that, true, too. That works, but they are the only ones who know how and why. And it's all internal, you know, what where tribal knowledge stuff that they're never going to share. They're never going to whatever. So you come in with this, hopefully, as an MSP, especially scaled to grow and scaled to succeed best practice implementation. So what do you do? Do you basically say all this stuff that you've got that works great to your perspective, we're going to replace it because we say so, or teach us your madness so we can help you support this? <laughs> Either one is immediately a losing proposition to one party or the other. So what do you do? So when when you go
0: in, do you... Go in by saying, I'm just going to figure this shit out. Or do you say, "Uh, I have a process and the reason that you're paying me ridiculous amounts of money is because I know what I'm doing.
1: I don't care. (laughs) No, and what I mean by that is I can come up with situations where either of those are appropriate. And I can come up with situations where either of those are horribly, horribly wrong. There may be nuanced reasons why they're doing a best—they're not—they're not doing a best practice owing to the the nature of their industry, the nature of their beast, and especially if you're talking manufacturing organizations that have old legacy stuff out on the shop floor that works wonderfully with the Windows Seven or God help us, the Windows XP box, and right. would cost one hundred fifty thousand dollars to replace. you know right um so they've got this rube goldberg so we can come in and we can we can uh, uh, work on a on on agreeing to to support it the other thing is that we're being brought in for a reason what is that reason and not so much from an it or a tech standpoint but from a how are we going to add value to the business collectively meaning both parties them the internal it folks and us At the end of the day, however much money they're paying us, the value to the organization should be greater than that. What is that perceived value that's driving this? And what's the best way for us to achieve that that, uh, perceived value increase? And then can we do it in such a way that, A, I'm going to make money and make money in my model and, B, the internal IT person is still going to have a job that they like to have at the end of the
0: day. Right. Well, and like I said, there's so many pieces to this. One angle to to look at is, is it your job to make them look good? Is it your job to uh, basically be invisible to their boss? (laughs) That's a complex relationship that you're walking into under the best circumstances.
1: And it's a soft skill question. It's not a technical question. By the same token, you also have to, why did they want me there? Do they want me to make them look good because they know they can't? Okay, that's going to be a problem. Do they want me to help them look good by making them better? I'm all in.
0: So is it best for someone who goes into this kind of an engagement to be brought in by the in-house IT or be brought in by the in-house IT's manager or supervisor? I don't
1: care. (laughs) But you got to know. And the reason being is because when you think about it from the perspective of the CEO, if the CEO calls, and I've had this happen where the CEO basically said everybody hates our IT guy. They, they, they despise, but he knows too much. So right. let's do this. Let's bring you on board for about three or four months and then we'll can him.
0: Well, because I've had that happen. I, yeah. I I have had that happen where they hired my company and then uh, I, I end up being in this really uncomfortable situation and yeah. In, in one case, I bought the guy's company and uh, and we took on the client um, and, the, and the guy. <laughs> but so let's take a second and just is the best place to get this book, Amazon or at simplex-it.com? Amazon. Amazon? Yep. All right. All right. So we'll put a link to it here, okay. uh, but it won't be an affiliate link. I'll give you all the money. And so you'll be good. <laughs> you I'm can have the tonight. seven cents that Amazon will give you for this book. So, um, so would you recommend that an IT uh, company use this as a primary way to go to market, or just like this is a skill set that you should have available to you?
1: I think from an from an MSP perspective, yeah. From an MSP perspective, first of all, if you're already out there and you're a successful managed service provider, then one of the things that you should know is you should know what your and I like calling it, you know, superpower unique value proposition, whatever that is. In other words, if there's four other MSPs in the room and one of you is being chosen, what is it about you that's different and unique from those other MSPs? You should know that, period. If you don't, you're never going to grow past a certain point, you know, or you're going to end up being commodity priced. So once you have that, how do you use that superpower in a co-managed environment? Because you don't want to invent a second company. Right. one that does co-manage and one that does regular. So how do you take that? If, you're, if your superpower is an innate, uh, uh, you guys do details like nobody else, you are absolutely anal retentive, so you're wonderful for organizations that require that type of paperwork and whatever, okay, fine. So you look for co-managed for organizations that need that kind of backing and they need that kind of support. If on the other hand, you're very fluid and you can be very, very reactionary in a proactive way, for lack of a better word, then you go for organizations where the internal IT has trouble adapting to new things and new challenges and so on and so forth. So you can take your value proposition and put it the same way. And this is why I kind of started the conversation up at the beginning where I said, I don't know what co-managed is for you, because I don't know what it is for the MSP because it should parallel what they're already doing.
0: Right, well, you did mention that uh, in the book that the, there isn't really a different uh, contract for this. It's basically the same contract. It might be a different pricing structure.
1: It's a different uh, pricing structure that's based more, uh, the way we've done it, is we base it more on costing first than profit margin second. And the and and it's actually we've evolved somewhat. I, I keep on meaning to to write. I don't want to say a sequel, but write some additional stuff to well, it. Well,
0: well, you finished the book by saying we're not done.
1: So oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and and so one of the things that I think is 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 happening here is that there's a uh, there, there's a broader acceptance than there certainly was a couple of years ago. Uh, but but a lot of MSPs what they're doing is they're just simply saying we do co-managed IT services contact us now. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea right. what it is, so on and so forth. And the other thing about MSPs, uh, and this included us until about two years ago, we love to talk about ourselves, <laughs> especially from a marketing standpoint, from a sales standpoint, and the like. There, there's two common elements in an MSP's website marketing. Number one is we're so cool. We oh, yeah. provide this security we provide this backup we provide you know you'll sleep at night you'll do all all these kind of things because we're so freaking cool which no one ever accused us back in high school of being cool but now we are and then the second thing is you're sucked if you're not using us you know you've probably been hacked you may have been hacked your server could be dying and you don't, you know and, and we do those two things neither of them really create any kind of of opportunity for an internal IT person to say, those are the kind of people that'll make me feel good. Yeah. You know, and and so there's that whole marketing concept and that whole messaging concept. Then when you get into it, you really, and this is something that we've been saying uh, for the last couple of years, is our goal as a managed service provider is to, and we call it shit, quite honestly, strong, healthy IT. (laughs) <laughs> our goal is to bring shit to our client we want them to have great strong healthy it whether or not if and we will partner with their internal it folks to make sure it gets delivered
0: well the interesting thing is in terms of the internal it i don't want their job i mean if you've you don't want their job. You've had their job. You don't like, no, I like my job better than your job. So don't, Absolutely. you know, don't worry about me. But the other thing is, I think if you've got, I don't know, I just can throw out a number. If you got 10 or more clients, you probably are already working with somebody who's got in-house IT. We used to call it light IT, right? That person who, you know, they can enter a ticket, they can fix a whole bunch of stuff. They can install software most of the time. Um, but if, if the smallest thing goes wrong, they're stuck, and and so those can be some of the best clients because they'll do a lot of work for you that, that's covered under many services, but you don't have to do it because they're going to do it. So, um, so most people do some of that already. They just don't. They may not have had a nice label for it.
1: The the, the conferences and conventions that I've spoken at, uh, and and I haven't done a lot in person. Obviously, and, and you know getting back out there now. But almost always, I would get about three quarters of the people would raise their hands when I say, how many of you have a co-managed client already? Three quarters of you, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, and then I would ask the follow-up questions. Okay, how many of you actually have a marketing plan and a defined go-to-market go to and a process, all that, for building on that? All the hands go down. Right. It, it's a little better now.
0: Yeah. Right? And I think that's Extremely representative of our industry is like, Good. like literally until your book. And we'll go back to the very first question. Till your book, I didn't have a name to put on this. Good. So I, you know, uh, I was telling somebody the other day. One of my uh, friends who passed away recently was Jim Haran, uh, who wrote the one the one page business plan. And and one day at lunch, he told me, he said, "You have to name your babies." You have to give a name to the uh-huh. thing that you're putting out there in the world. And I'm like, oh, that's that's actually pretty wise advice. So so when you talk about it from that perspective, would you recommend that somebody, even if they don't have co-managed IT today, that they begin
1: having a plan? Like, how would I go about this? What's Absolutely. what's Absolutely. So if you think about it from the standpoint of the sweet spot of, of your client from an MSB standpoint, okay, how would I partner with someone who has... Uh, who, who is on the internal IT side. And in my opinion, it, it's it's one of those where you can, if you, if you think about it from the standpoint of uh, a traditional IT organization is you've got the CIO, you've got level three, level two, level one techs, relatively, and, and then you've got specialists, you know, DBAs, that kind of thing. So if we think about just those four roles, management, level three, two, and one, uh, well, I'm going to call the, the level three guys, and the CIOs the same. I'm going to put those in the same box and they basically handle the strategic stuff. They handle the servers and they handle the infrastructure, top level stuff. The level ones, I'm going to call them, they're, they're the desktops, desktop support and user support and the level twos, they don't know who they are yet. They need to grow up, you know? So I can take a look at an organization and I can tell based on what they've got, I can tell whether they're top heavy, meaning they don't have enough level ones I can tell if they're bottom heavy. They don't have enough senior people. I can tell if they're thin, meaning they've got the right people, they just aren't productive enough. So by just those three things, and that's a relatively easy uh, analysis assessment process to go through. Now I've got my stack of what I call stamps, you know, software tools, methodologies, and portals. These are the things that my techs, give my techs their superpowers in order to be much more effective, do more with less. I can basically give those same pieces, parts, those same stamps, access to those internal IT people. And if they're thin, I've just made them much more productive. Right. Because they can now do more with less. They see more. They can do more. They can automate more. They can do all that. And if they're top-heavy or bottom-heavy, they'll still have the stamps to make them more productive in the areas where they're great. And I'll handle the stuff where they're not. Right. Well, it's interesting
0: because it seems like it's a little bit difficult to market when sometimes you're hired to be the expert who knows more than everybody else in the house, fix one problem and go away. Sometimes you're hired to be the low level tech because they're overwhelmed and they just need 50 hours of labor to smash down problems and then you go away. And sometimes you're kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, Clearly you want recurring revenue, right? Right. So how do you do that? when sometimes you're at the top and sometimes you're in the middle and sometimes you're at
1: the bottom. Well, because at the end of the day, they want shit. <laughs> and they, but they want it consistently throughout. They want plans for future shit. They want their shit to work. They want it to be productive. They want improvements, all of that kind of fun stuff. And especially if we bring our stamps to the game, we're basically making them more productive because they're using our stuff. If you think of the process that an MSP goes through every time they evaluate any new tool or product or, or what do they have to figure out? Well, they have to figure out which vendor they're going to go with, which product they're going to go with. What is the best way to install it? What's the best practice to configure it? What's the best practice to monitor it, to manage, to maintain? We have to do that for every single product that we use to improve our productivity. But here's the thing, we have to do it once for every one of those products. And then we have it for those 50, 80, 100, whatever number of clients. We've already done that and can give that to the to the to the client who only needs to go through this once. Right. And train them and all of that kind of fun. Well,
0: and and ultimately the person you're working with is an employee and sees themselves as an employee. You're a consultant and you see yourself as a consultant. So it's much easier for you to come in and say, let me, let me give you some advice about the bigger picture. Because you don't get to see the bigger picture, right? You, you go, you do this thing, you get a paycheck, you go home, right? But yeah. you know, uh, there really is a role as a consultant. That's, I guess, I, for me anyway, it's a lot more fulfilling than fixing widgets.
1: Right. But you've got people who are out there fixing widgets and having a great old time doing it. Right. But wouldn't it be cool if there was some way to automatically fix that one nagging thing that happens with about 30% of my widgets every freaking week? Oh, you guys already have a script for that, right? Oh, I hate that part of my job. So, so
0: a bit of a side note, but does does using your tools, your stamps, include giving them a uh, a child version of your ticketing system, so that they, if they don't have a ticketing system, they now have yours?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and we can then take it and again. I'm getting back in that uh, uh, top heavy, bottom heavy, thick thin, whatever you could basically make it so that the tickets automatically get routed either to my help desk, my group, or to them. Yeah, in-house, and then they
0: can escalate to you by clicking a button.
1: So yeah. And the way we phrase it is, is if you ever need help or advice on a ticket, no problem, there's no charge for it. If you want to escalate it to us, that'll be billable. And that way- we're not nickel and diming them, but we're always there to fill in. If
0: yeah. They I mean, you always want them to be in control of that's what I want to spend money on. Right. Exactly. Uh, do you do you sell this as a block of time or as a recurring like monthly?
1: Oh, it's a recurring. We take a look at all the costs that we're going to have. So let's let's take the easy one, which would be the um, uh, the thin where they're going to be responsible for everything we're still gonna include all of the monitoring, all of the ticketing, all of the security pieces, the antivirus, the firewall, the backup disaster recovery. We're gonna include all those by by default, if you will. And we're going to, when we go to a costing mode or or a pricing mode, we're gonna cost it out first. We take a look at what our costs are. And all of the licensing costs and product costs are exactly the same as if they were a full managed service. Okay, but what are the costs that my technicians would normally do for a client this size? in terms of managing and maintaining and monitoring and help desk. Well, in theory, those guys are gonna be handling that stuff, not us. Right. So I'm gonna basically say, here's the amount it would be for a month and give that whole price. But then I'm gonna give them a discount that's equal to a high percentage and it, up to 80 or 90% of what that cost would be on my tech side. And that's the, what we call the comets discount. All right. And that way, the reason we're not giving 100, and and by the way, I'm still building my profit margin into all the other costing and everything else that's going on. So I'm still making my, my profit margin that I want to make. That's why I'm saying you do the costing first, then do the pricing. Uh, But by, but by going that route, I'm still, and when I say 80 to 90%, if these guys are really sharp and are rarely going to be calling us for any kind of advice or anything, it'll be closer to 90%, if I think. Right. Whereas if (laughs) they're going to do, then it goes down to, then it goes down to 80%.
0: Right. So uh, what, what does the first meeting look like when you, you haven't yet figured out whether they're thin or or thick or somewhere in the middle? Do you just simply say, why am I here? Like, (laughs) why did you bring me into this room today?
1: A lot more listening. And when we try to figure out, get to your point earlier, uh, who was it that brought us in? Is it the CEO? Or is it the, uh, or is it the IT person? Now, it was actually my third book was the, I don't, it's called, I don't want your job. Is co-managed IT services the right fit? And it's to communicate to the person, we're not here to take over your job. And in some cases, it's a, let's build up their egos a bit, or at least make them less frightened of us or scared of us. Right. In other cases, it's to do some storytelling. Yeah, I've been there. I've I've Yeah, I've been in a, a CIO, I know what it's like. Oh yeah, manager doesn't listen to you. Oh, here's some thing. Give some advice, all that kind of thing. So you're doing that soft bonding skill type thing. And you ask questions about who does what role, what's your experience like. You can usually, in my opinion, within half an hour, you know what the size of their, what which, which model they're in.
0: Is you there know. a minimum size client that makes it worth doing? Because uh, a lot of people... You know, it's like the old days where the bookkeeper became the IT person because they knew how to install software. Uh, that's how old I am, uh, <laughs> right? But, but you know, there are a lot of times where there is somebody who, and it might be the receptionist, it might be the office manager, somebody does a lot of that stuff in-house for a five-person company. Uh, is that too small for co-managed IT, or do they need to be more like 30, 50?
1: Yeah, there's well, they, they need to be large enough so they can actually warrant having an on site IT person. The, the situations you've been in, those aren't that's not co managed. Co managed is when that person knows how to use the tools, knows how to do the things, so on and so forth. And, and one of the most telling conversations we've had, because uh, we've had several cases, uh, we had like two of them last year, where they had someone who, where we actually signed up a client. Because we had commits, but they didn't want it. <laughs> it was really kind of interesting. They they had there's one particular manufacturing who's doing a lot of really cool things with 3D printing and and things along those lines. And they had a guy who's doing most of their IT. And they were saying, "Oh well, no, you know, Tom will do it. Tom will do it. Tom will do it." And I was like, "Can Tom just can Tom be more valuable doing other things?" Oh yeah, when Tom's got the time, he's like really productive and helps things and all that, but you want him to answer end user questions about changing a password. (laughs) Where's the finance? And they were like, oh Yeah. yeah, I guess that. So we basically said, look, let's start with a pure MSP model. I'll give you the pricing for both of them. And if at some point you want someone on staff to handle desktop questions or issues, I'll help you hire them. And then we'll switch the contract and you'll pay us less and you'll pay the kid more. So, I Assuming mean, you get a, you know, not a young entry level person, but this guy, I mean, he was worth like 250 bucks an hour to the company, but they right. never thought of it in those types of productivity terms.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I brought in, I've been brought in by people at all ranges and it, it's interesting because some of them just are like, it's like pulling teeth. They they don't want to give up this power, but they want you to do all the work. It's like yep. okay, uh, right? And there's other people. that's like I just want to go back because I was hired to to handle the finance, you know, process or whatever. They they were hired to do something else, and they don't want to do IT, even though they're good at it, right? And and so uh, over the years, they have become this eighty thousand dollar person doing the wrong job.
1: Yep, and I'll give you a third one. We had another situation. We were talking comets. And the IT person, or, and, and it was the same thing. The IT person could could have done uh, uh, other things. And I finally got him alone and I said, let me ask you one question. Just be honest with me. You just want to keep doing this, don't you? You like it. And he goes, oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is my way to relax, was to go out and do this desktop stuff. I said, okay, that's all I need. I said, so let's talk about it from that perspective, and let's work at it so that you you can you you can still have your therapy time with your. Right. Individual.
0: Well, I mean, the, we're almost out of time, but you know, the the really good thing is that if you get people to like lower their shields and and realize we're all here to just make everything work a little bit better, then we can all be friendly. I'll... I'll be there when you need me. I won't be there when you don't need me. Uh, And then, you know, we'll go through these waves of sometimes you just need me to work my tail off for you. And sometimes you need me to go away. (laughs) Yeah,
1: absolutely. So. uh, And it gets back to that whole, this is a conversation I have with with both CEOs for Pure MSB, as well as for co-management. At the end of the day, I'm going to make a living or I'm going to leave. And at the end of the day, I want you guys to be able to say we're adding value that's equivalent to that cost or you're going to leave. And the same thing for the internal IT. So we're all in this together. It's a three-legged stool, but we all have a vested interest in the other two legs of the stool staying up.
0: Right. Well, and, you know, kind of my business, you know, my my history is all about documentation. And the primary reason to not document things is the false belief that there's some job security and keeping it all inside your brain. Uh and, and so the the more we can get rid of this sense that, you know, oh, I have to keep it all to myself or I won't have any job security. That's just silly. You know, there's literally over a million uh, vacant jobs for IT professionals today. So, you know, stop worrying about your ego and let somebody Absolutely. else do some work. <laughs> so.
1: Absolutely.
0: Cool. All right. Well, we're basically out of time, but let me just ask you one final question, which is where would somebody get started if they want to be, if they want to go down the the road of actually doing co-managed IT and having some sense of what they're doing rather than just faking it uh, as they go along.
1: Well, absolutely, of course, read my book. Of course. <clears throat> yeah. and, and, but use it as a starting point, not as a Bible or as a gospel. And, and really, I, I, I can't stress enough that whole thing about try to figure out what your current MSP value, special superpower is, whatever, and how that will work from the co-managed standpoint. Uh, There's a pretty good community on Facebook that I uh, more or less oversee that's uh, on Co-Manage IT Services. Um, They've got about 1,400, 1,500 people that are there.
0: Very good. Bob Kopich from Simplex IT. And the book is The MSP Survival Guide to Co-Managed IT Services. Thank you, sir. Thank you.